Welcome to the Art of Being a Mum podcast, where I, Alison Newman, a singer, songwriter and Aussie mum of two, enjoys honest and inspiring conversations with artists and creators about the joys and issues they've encountered while trying to be a mum and continue to create. You'll hear themes like the mental juggle, changes in identity, how their work's been influenced by motherhood, mum guilt, cultural norms, and we also stray into territory such as the patriarchy, feminism and capitalism. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, along with a link to the music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our supportive and lively community on Instagram. I'll always put a trigger warning if we discuss sensitive topics on the podcast, but if at any time you're concerned about your mental health, I urge you to talk to those around you, reach out to health professionals or seek out resources online. I've compiled a list of international resources which can be accessed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The Art of Being a Mum would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on as being the Boendick people in the Berrin region. I'm working on land that was never ceded. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to welcome you back to season four after a short little break. And as always on Mother's Day, I like to do a little bit of a special episode, usually with more than one guest. So today I'm very excited to welcome and Jessie Ann Elliott. Mary grew up in Sydney and moved to Goulburn almost five years ago. She's a mum of a three-year-old daughter. She went from being a full-time teacher to a writer, community builder and unschooling guide. Jessie has been a Hunter Valley local for most of her life, except for a tiny quarter-life crisis year in Scotland at the age of 23. She's a mum of two children, a boy and a girl. Jessie went from a full-time community planner in local government to a writer, creator, photographer, holistic counsellor, meditation therapist and women's circle facilitator. And they have collaborated to write the book, The Mum Who Found Her Sparkle. Jessie and Mary started out as online friends, meeting in a membership facilitated by motherhood studies sociologist, Dr. Sophie Brock, who's also a previous guest of this podcast. In this group, they learned not only about matrescence, but how motherhood is socially constructed and how far removed the act of housework is from actual mothering. The journeys to becoming mothers saw both women completely reevaluate how they viewed the world. There is no mistaking that our culture glorifies being able to do it all and that this significantly impacts on the well-being and mental health of mothers and therefore families. The joy is often lost and things that a woman enjoyed pre-motherhood are often put on the back burner as she places others' needs above her own. In June 2022, Jessie had the idea to write a children's book aimed at mothers that would explore the topic of this lost sparkle that a mother can experience when she puts her needs last. The pair went on to create it in the early hours of the morning, late at night, in pockets of time between getting snacks for children or changing nappies. The story follows T and Oscar as they support their mum, Amber, to find her sparkle. It is a story of a mum being just as worthy of her shininess as her kids are and everyone knowing about it. 
Within the story, there are layers of meaning and they have intentionally designed many opportunities to spark purposeful conversation throughout its pages. Their hope is that this book inspires not just kids, but parents to prioritise finding that lost sparkle. And the book will be available in the coming months. Please be aware this episode contains discussions around postnatal depression and anxiety and birth trauma. I really hope you enjoy today's episode. It was a lot of fun to record. Joining me on this very special Mother's Day episode, I have not one, but two creative mothers. I'd love to welcome Jessie and Mary to the podcast. Thank you for coming on, ladies. Hi, Alison. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love it. I love it. I've only ever had one other episode where I had multiple guests at once. So this is lovely. It's a treat for me to, to have more than one face in the in the Zoom chat. It's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me briefly before we launch into things, whereabouts are you both at the moment? Are you, you're Victoria, am I right? Or no, you tell me. I don't know where I'm going. That's all right. Close. Um, So I am in Hunter Valley, so just outside of Maitland, which is sort of near Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we're in New South Wales. Um, Been a hunter local for most of my life, except for a quarter of a life crisis when I moved to Scotland for a year. But other than that, I've been a hunter local. So, yeah, Yeah. just live around there. (laughs) So you both, like, you know each other in real life apart from (gasps) on the Instagram world or...? Well, I I was a Sydney girl, grew up as a Sydney girl, but I live about an hour and a half, well, two hours out of the main centre of Sydney Mm -hmm. and about an hour from Canberra um, in regional New South Wales. So we met in an online membership with Dr. Sophie Brock back in 2020, was it, Jessie? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, It was 2020. And then once Jessie had her second in 2021, um, we sort of connected even more at that point because uh, I was fascinated by how she was navigating her second uh, postpartum, fourth trimester. Yeah. yeah, and apologies, we did say this. My beautiful daughter is very much wanting to make an appearance today. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful. So I'll let Jessie take over for a sec. Oh, dear. Uh, all good. So, yes, when you said so, so, Dr. Sophie Brock, uh, I got excited yep. because I've had yep. uh, Sophie on the podcast and she's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love what she's teaching. She's For those who don't know, Sophie's a, a motherhood studies sociologist um, based in Australia, in Sydney, I think she is. And she yep. runs lots of things online, education. And even just if you um, just get on her Instagram, it's incredibly inspiring and yes. So that's awesome. But yes, go on. Sorry. Absolutely. I, I oh, no, it. it's. It's very, oh, any chance to pump her up, we're totally in support of. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it was just, it, um, yeah, it was a beautiful meet. So, yeah, we met in her online membership, Live Rate It. And as Mary said, we just sort of started chatting more and more. Um, and after a period of time, you know, doing that, Mary <laughs> went on a road trip and <laughs> actually came and had dinner at our house and when we met in person it was just it was very easy (laughs) you know it was just it wasn't it was just kind of like of of course we've always known each other in person it was just yeah a really sort of easy I think that was a year ago if I'm honest Uh, it was maybe end of May so last year that I've met you in person yeah 
yeah. and then well the rest is history really <laughs> <laughs> following those little breadcrumbs isn't it <laughs> You lovely ladies have got a book in the works, which is pretty awesome, yeah. Um, yeah. and it's called The Mum Who Found Her Sparkle. So who would yeah. like to tell us, maybe, maybe start off by sharing how you came up with it or what compelled you to, to create the children's book? Yeah. Well, I guess going right back to when I became a mum, I had planned a lot for the birth. I knew roughly how to change a nappy. I knew possibly I might need to swaddle the newborn, but I really hadn't prepared myself for that, that transition to mother, for matrescence properly. And I experienced postnatal depression and anxiety for probably the first, you know, eight, nine months sort of severely after my son was born. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I really found that I I very much dismissed my, my feelings and my emotions and I was just doing a hell of a lot of dis- disassociation, disassociating. Mm-hmm. Um And it wasn't until I started to, again, sort of focus on my creativity, um, so my self-expression, that I started to claw my way out of that. So that had been sort of brewing since um, 2020, I guess, how important it is for us to focus on what brings us joy. And so I guess coming from that slowly, slowly, slowly building that more into my life and then leading in to when I fell pregnant with my daughter, mm-hmm. my second pregnancy and approaching the end of it. And I thought, okay, I know much more now about accepting all the help that I can. I know that I need to engage the support of a postpartum doula. I know I need to just let the house go in terms mm-hmm. of the task. Yeah. Um, but I thought, what am I doing to plan for my creativity in this time in my life? Because I knew that I needed that to stay really mentally well um, mm-hmm. and to, yeah, to really assist in that transition. So I came up with a project, a creative project. So I, w- I had called it um, 90 Emotional Days. And so each day in during my fourth trimester, I was going to take, you know, a moment or several moments to check in with myself and how I was feeling and, and really sort of, it was to help myself as well, name what I was feeling, because as Mm -hmm. a, you know, growing up a good girl, like we all do, we, we kind of don't really learn how to really properly honor what we're feeling. Mm or even know what that might even be um, some of the time. And that creative element as well was either taking, you know, a photo or making a video and and just sharing that Mm -hmm. um, each and every day, whenever, however it sort of felt good. 
and it sort of evolved into yeah making funny reels doing breastfeeding inspired digital art taking breastfeeding photos in front of wall art out in the yeah. community and then right at the end of that my daughter I think she was four months old and this idea came to me and originally it was I messaged Mary straight away. Originally, it was the mum who lost her expression. So that was where the idea originally come from. And then it just blossomed and blossomed. So and evolved and changed as um, both of us went on the journey of this book together. (laughs) And I think for both of us, we've had, we had struggles. Didn't we, Mary, just sort of talking about um, at the start of both of our postpartum journeys and what that transition was actually like? Yeah. I think I'm a little different to Jessie in that I'm not as organised as her. Again, things in place of like, no, she was, I think I was watching on when she was doing the 90 emotional days and thinking, how is she doing this with a newborn? I mean, it just was so foreign to me because Mm -hmm. I, my experience was, I mean, I would have definitely been diagnosed with postnatal anxiety. I never actually went to the doctor. We hit COVID lockdown two weeks after I had my daughter. Mm. And it was smack bang the time she woke up and she was an extremely vocal, unsettled little bubba. Um, and that's kind of just, she's three now and that's that's just kind of been our thing for three years, yes. uh, which is fine. But I think I just started to see that I needed to pull from different little things that brought me joy essentially and I kind of started to grab onto these little things that would bring me joy because mm-hmm. I knew that my mental health was better for it yeah. um so Jessie was like one of those people so when she jumped into my dms I'm thinking huh she's onto something here <laughs> um, and I think you had originally approached me because I did say to her you do not need me for this Jessie you can run with this idea I'm happy to help assist you through the process yeah like because I'm a primary school teacher, I've read lots of picture books to so many different kids. I love them. I think they're a beautiful way to access information and create like depth of meaning. I think they're a really mm. underutilized resource. So yep. yeah, and I, I did a few read alouds just on my Instagram where I was reading with my daughter, like some picture books that mm. I liked. And then, so she sort of jumped into my DMs. I said, yes, this is great. Loving this idea. I can absolutely see where you're going with it. But you don't actually, I don't think you need me. <laughs> but um, we but did. She's, well, <laughs> yeah, she convinced me that it was a dual joint project. Sort yes. of joint project. And yeah. I'm incredibly grateful for that because, I mean, even from last year, the message has definitely evolved Yeah. Um, just sort of organically as we've been mm. going through the process, right? Like not yeah. forced. It's just sort of, mm. it's kind of gained legs and momentum. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, this is what this podcast is all about too. Mums are super creative. And I mean, Mm -hmm. when I would think of what creativity was or an artist was or somebody that was creative, I'd think Mm -hmm. someone that could draw or Mm -hmm. paint really well. And I'm not those things. I could not draw. (laughs) I need a YouTube video with step-by-step instructions on how to draw anything. I'm a stick person, didn't progress past year two. (laughs) 
It was also getting my head around the fact that creativity and particularly mm. motherhood can mm. look like a whole bunch of different things. There's not yeah. one little narrow yeah. box that it fits into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously the picture book uh, made sense for us both. Yeah. yeah. I love Absolutely. that. My, my background's in um, early childhood education, so I can relate to, I love the idea of, of you know, it's so simple. You just think it's a, yeah. it's a simple book. And, but it can express and convey so much and so many, you know, you can choose how what layer of meaning you take from it, you know, depending on who's reading it. Right. And I love that it's a children's book, but someone has to read it to the children, you know, so that person yeah. is going to get so much out of it. Was that really deliberate that you wanted to, you wanted to make it like that? That was right from the start. That's how you're planning it. Absolutely. It's sort of, yes, it's a picture book. And I guess, yes, you could read it and think, oh, you know, he's a bit of glitter and we're going on adventure with this glitter. But for those that want to use it as a tool to have those conversations around, you know, mummy's mum's mental health um, and even around challenging with the caregiving role, you know, we were really strong on having dad be really involved in care work. Mm -hmm. in the book um, and also having extended family around. So it was a way to have that conversation around the importance of, you know, mental health as in, you know, reacting to that as urgency, urgently as we may have if someone broke a leg, you know, just, Mm. just, you know, really elevating that conversation, but also challenging really early some of those stereotypes that um, we have around around care work and you know the mm. presence of a village so yes you could read it at any layer um yeah. but it was definitely so intentional for us to sort of to just yeah really just weave some really deep meaning throughout and that is where Mary's experience um you know expertise came in to be able to yeah with her experience of reading so many books just mm-hmm. yeah be able to make sure that we were adding so many layers yeah. and we were talking the other day Mary and you were saying you know I even picture this in you know the self-help for mums you know? <laughs> um, yeah. like section of like bookshop because we yeah. want for for the parent to be sitting there reading it to be getting something from it and mm-hmm. you know in some ways feeling you know, really important and validated mm. that, that they are important. I'm going to refer back to a quote that I found on your Instagram, Jesse. Um, if you don't mind, I'll quote you. Oh, what and, is it? <laughs> yeah, everyone does. Whenever I say this, people freak out. So don't. It's not. It's not bad. It's really, really good. Um, you said I did not like who I was when I became a mum. I dismissed and invalidated my own needs. I judged myself on expectations placed on me by a society that glorifies super mums and the myth of the perfect mother. And when I read that, I just went. Boom! Like that, mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly, I, I related to that very much, and I'm sure there are a lot mm-hmm. of other people out there that relate to that. And and that's that thing. It's that expectations, and like you said, the like the cultural norms that are set up mm-hmm. that 
we're not supported. We're not, mm-hmm. and it frustrates me so much. Yeah. So I have this this conversation with just about everyone I have on here. Like we're we're this. We basically keep life going. If it wasn't for mm-hmm. us, if we just said no, nah, sorry, end of end of everything. We're not gonna we're not gonna keep doing this. There would be no more human race. No. So why like we're revered in so many senses but then when it comes to just with just a mum you know it's like you lose your identity you lose your sense of self you're like you know and and that is brought on by the way society sees us and makes me really really cross so yes I loved that quote (laughs) not because you went through it though like I'm not saying I loved it because you know what I mean? <laughs> because Sorry, we can yes. see our experience in it. And that's yeah. something, you know, Mary and I feel so strongly about in that, yeah. yes, the level of intensity right now can be um, intense, but it's very important for us to challenge this so that our children experience it less and then their children less. Mm-hmm. We... Like, the, I won't swear. I won't swear. No, you can swear. But, you can swear. Go for yes, it. But, you know, I'm just like, there's no fucking way my daughter will be going through this. My son will mm-hmm. not be going through You know, it's just yep. you um, You can see what needs to change and, yes, it's frustrating. And you can also go, well, what can I do in my everyday life to to challenge that and change it? Yep. So it does get easier and continues to get easier. Um yeah, yeah, Mary. I, can see. I was going to bounce off of that, and I think yeah. that there's a huge puzzle piece of this book, The Mum Who Found Her Sparkle, for us. We are not, and I mean, I had this drop in as I was driving today, and I thought I need to say this when I'm on yeah. the podcast later. Yeah. But we are not downplaying the importance of maternal mm-hmm. mental health. Like we know, we mm-hmm. know the statistics, and I think yeah. that's the biggest thing too. Jesse and I are well aware of the statistics, mm-hmm. not only because the numbers are there, mm-hmm. but because we see it. We yeah. talk to mamas. We we know. We hear the stories, and you would as well. Doing a podcast like this, it's yeah. it, there are themes across the board. Mm. What we what we're hoping to achieve with the mum who found her sparkle, though, is yes, there are sometimes bigger issues at play that need mm. you know a lot more support. But if we can sort of start to access that sparkle every day. And just do tiny little things, even in the micro moments that we have, which because that's what we get as mums, right? We're not, we don't have an hour. We don't have yeah. an hour to get it all together. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's that 35 second little window of time or that five minute little window of time. Yeah. And the, our thinking behind Sparkle is it's that way, it's that those small micro moments mm-hmm. that you can essentially take back for yourself mm-hmm. and spark that joy and that curiosity that we had before we became mums. I mean, we're human beings at the end of we're the day. We're whole humans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. it's not, yeah. we're not just mums. Like as in, we, I want to be just a mum too, as in I love being a mother. But I'm a mum and. Yeah, I'm a mum yeah. and, and it can yeah. be all the things. Like those things mm-hmm. don't just disappear because suddenly I've got a baby that I'm breastfeeding 24-7. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, where we find our spark was been there from. Well, I would argue from when we were babies ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if when we're actually allowed to tap into that, it's that feeling of incredible. The way I think of sparkles, it's like that feeling of incredible peace you feel when you've mm-hmm. discarded all the shoulds mm-hmm. and you're just in your zone, whether it be with your kids there or without. Like it doesn't matter. It can be mm-hmm. at any point, but you know that feeling where it's like your soul and heart sort of align beautifully, mm-hmm. and you know, you take that big breath and you're like, okay, yes, 
this is mm. life right here. Like I can almost yeah. touch this. And it's mm-hmm. trying to just encourage, trying to tap into that as much as possible, even in those small pockets of time. So mm-hmm. that you get. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. we changed the word to sparkle. We were sort of playing around with vocab and thinking about yes. how to make this language accessible. Yeah. Like kids, you can imagine, oh, mum, have you lost your sparkle a bit today, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, yeah. mum's feeling a little off. Oh, what, what could we do to help you get it back? And, you know, mm-hmm. it can be a conversation that happens yeah. in families and, like, we just see it as a just a really beautiful invitation to create yeah. discussion and spark discussion. And mm-hmm. that's what this really is for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important because I often hark back to the time when I was a child, I had very little understanding or knowledge about my parents' goings on. Like I knew they were my parents. I knew they went to work. I knew that they did things, but I didn't know, you know, I knew my dad liked sport, Mm. But like what was going on with them? You know, they were very yeah. good at hiding things. I mean, it's yes. not, I'm not saying it was they were like nasty people hiding things, but, you know, it was that mm. was what you did in those days. You didn't share mm. all things with your kids and you mm. were sort of protecting them in a way, I suppose, that's how they saw it. But these days, like I feel like I share so much with my kids and sometimes mm. I can think, oh, should I really be burdening my kids with all this? But then I think, no, it's real life. You know, at some point mm. in their life they're going to, I don't know, have relationships where, it's going to be good for them to share how they're feeling. Um, And I think that's really great, this opportunity to actually say the words and check in with people and be like, you know, I can see that you're not feeling like your normal self. Um, You know, as you said, use those words, you know, you you lost your sparkle and how can we get Mm -hmm. it back? I think that's a wonderful thing. And just um, on a side note, like with my kids at at work, I work in a a kindy at the moment and, um, you know, teaching kids to actually feel their emotions and name their emotions Mm, yeah like you were saying earlier jesse about you know sometimes you don't even know the name of what you're experiencing no um and then to then say recognizing it in others and say what's some ways we can help them feel better or or however they're feeling changing that and i think that's really important and it's not something that's really been done forever you know what i mean i totally agree you know my when I grew up, I don't really ever remember, you know, having any kind of conversation around emotions and, and feelings. And I mean, I think in myself, like a lot of people, and I grew up with a very busy mum, yeah. very, very busy mum. And she would be, go- she would work full time. My dad would work full time, but he would have, I could see, had access to a lot more recreation time mm-hmm. than she did. She did everything. Um, but yeah, still worked full time. She it was task to task to task, yeah. and that's what I saw growing up. So obviously, that's what I internalized. Mm. But even just two or three weeks ago, we were in the car together, and I said to her, "Did you do anything for you when we were little?" And she said, "No, there wasn't any time." Mm. And I knew that that was that's what I witnessed, but. I was sort of just wanting to ask from her perspective what her sort of memory of it was. And yeah, she didn't. And yeah. this is also from a woman. She still had, 
her parents, like, you know, they took care of us, helped with us, and my dad's parents were around. So mm-hmm. she even had access to a much bigger village than than I do, and, and she struggled. Yeah. So it's, you know, it it is, you know, that it's things have changed in that we want our kids to, we want them to see us as whole humans within reason, but as whole yes. humans. Yeah. And, and we want to help them um, get to know themselves. I know when it comes to um, feelings and emotions, I have absolutely loved helping my son because he's four now mm-hmm. tune into himself. And I, and this is so, I never thought, this would even be a parenting win moment. But about six months ago, or it might have been a little bit longer, he actually said to me, Mommy, I'm feeling angry. And do you know how proud I was that yeah. he could name that yeah. and express that to me? I just thought, oh, oh I've just won today. And, you yeah. know, then we actually had the ability to to do some things together that helped him, you know, move that emotion. But mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's a really new new thing, really, in this in the scheme of sort of generations, generational parenting and stuff like that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. something the other day sort of along the lines of now I know why my mum just wanted to sit in a bedroom alone in the dark just by herself and I just laughed Mm. and thought that is all I want and I think Mm. that'll go back to this whole self-care that we're sold of like go get the massage and your nails done I'm like I don't want to sit in a hairdresser that doesn't bring me joy like Mm. sure it might for someone else but that's not where I'm finding my sparkle Mm. I'm like let me lie down yeah, an ideal one, preferably maybe a bit of music. But darkness, <laughs> darkness suits me just fine. Like, yeah, yeah but that's how my nervous system feels calm. You know, yeah. yeah. So we're told even Mother's Day is coming up, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, just dropping kids to hubby. <laughs> I'll be happy if he just takes her out for the yeah. day, entertains my beautiful toddler, and it takes all gets rid of all that energy, and I just yeah. sit on the couch and yeah absolutely nothing you know I don't want a fancy lunch I don't want to be taken out and again I think yeah the sparkle side of things some mamas will find it doing those things which is beautiful I say power to you but tapping into what actually like how can you access your own how what's going to make you feel better it's not anybody else's story and that's, no, I think, it, again, that's what we love. We get mums jumping in our DMs like this is how I found yeah. my sparkle today and they'll yeah. send us a little story or a video or a picture. Yeah. And I said to Jesse, we just we just pulled this idea out of thin air. <laughs> and now <laughs> we're yes having, to this idea. Like, yeah. yeah, but it was just this little inkling yeah. of an idea and we just yeah. pulled it out of thin air and now we have people having conversations with us about yeah. it because mm, it's important it's enough. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. you know. There was something what you said, Mary, just made me giggle because on an episode of Grace and Frankie, they were doing a flashback to Grace's Mother's Day, you know, 30 years before or something, and she was away at a, a hotel for the weekend. And they were like, you were away for Mother's Day? And she said, yeah, well, it's Mother's Day, not Children's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just well, thought I'd be yeah. giggling. But it's yeah. funny because, as we've said, you know, 
what brings each person sparkle could be very different but that also could change you know day to day minute to minute as well but something we loved doing didn't we Mary oh my goodness sparkle tober was just the most fun we have ever had um in the month formerly called October last year, <laughs> we <laughs> we renamed it to Sparkletober because oh, we, we, we just wanted to, you know, just to continue that conversation that we'd started having with, you mm-hmm. know, our friends and community that we were growing on Instagram. So we sort of just invited people to share images or videos of them just really like, just doing things that made them, you know, brought them sparkle. And Mary did some fabulous dancing. It was wonderful. (laughs) I'm a dancer at heart. You cannot take the dancer out of me. Not choreographed, okay? I'd like to point this out. I'm a freelance dancer. I don't want to be told what to do. I just need space. Give me space on that dance floor and that's where I'm going to be. It was so oh, wonderful because we had just people yeah. sharing, you know, things they were doing with their kids or just by themselves. And it was just this, it was so much fun just, yeah, to have these conversations with friends and family and just to see them so lit up mm. about it. So, yeah, we'll definitely do that again. It was just mm. wonderful. Oh, we'll, yeah, that. That awesome. we'll be yes. asking in your DMs, Alison. Oh, we'll... great. No, All right. You're a VIP. You'll be a VIP <laughs> of the next Sparkle Tober for sure. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll be sure to share it with my community and get them involved too. That's, I love that. Oh. And on that note, on Mother's Day, uh, I'll be going to the races without oh, my children. That's good. Because it is Mother's yeah. Day, not children's yes. Day. My right. mum used to joke when, when it was Mother's Day, I distinctly remember asking her once, well, when's Children's Day? Why don't we get a day? And she said to me, every day is Children's Day. It's <laughs> like, now I understand. <laughs> My poor yes, mother. At the, oh, at the time, you're like, huh? And now you're like, oh. Mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. But that was interesting what you said before, Jesse, because um, that my mother was very similar. She was always busy, always doing and would do it herself. Um, yep. We didn't have quite you know, the village that like she might, she moved from Melbourne, left her family over there, but we had neighbors. We had my, Mm. my dad's parents, but I just remember her always doing something unless she was sitting Mm. down with a cup of tea, um, Mm. you know, but yeah, Mm. same thing. I, I had, I can't remember if I, how I asked her, but it was a a similar thing. It was like, Mm. I knew dad went out and played footy and he played cricket Mm. and that they were his his interests, but mum didn't have anything of her own that was just what she, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And and like, I don't know. I just think I couldn't survive like that. <laughs> no. I could survive. And it's yeah. not that I, I very firmly want my children to know who I am. Mm. I, and I, yeah. I want my grandchildren to know who I am yeah. and not in a context of service, like whilst I am incredibly nurturing and caring and, you know, all that's a very high value for me. I, yes feel very strongly that they they also need to see me as as a as the whole human that I am yeah. and just being in their life is sort of just is one part it's a very important part but it's just one part of who I am mm. so. yeah I love that I'm going to take that quote that you're going to hear that 
in promotion of your episode because <laughs> that is that it, it's in a nutshell that's literally it like I feel the yeah. same about my boys like I'm I'm very visual with what I like I leave the house mm. to go mm. sing and perform mm. they know I'm in my studio doing things um, yeah. and it's like this is me like like you said Mary mm. you don't your your passions and the things that you love and your mm. abilities and your gifts they don't just disappear just because you had no. a child um no. so yeah no, I think it's but, very important yeah The saddest thing for me was how long it actually took me to acknowledge mm. that because all mm. I wanted to ever be was a mum and I thought, okay, I'm now a mum. Mm. Life goals achieved. Yep. Great. Yep. Tick. And that's now my role. I am secondary to my daughter. She's the most important thing and that's what I focus on. Mm. And obviously that's just a recipe for disaster. Like it's not mm. going to work. It's not sustainable. And especially I had a daughter who was for two years of her life she was awake constantly she would wake up just I would think I had five minutes and not it just wasn't going to happen every creak of a floorboard she would hear and the more I was pouring into the mothering side the worse I was feeling it's just inevitable I guess that that happens if you are taking no time for yourself but when we talk about things about what makes a good mum that's what it was for me sacrificed every need every want every everything for my kids and now that I'm unraveling all this stuff and pulling back all the layers I realize how incredibly damaging that is and Mm. that's not something I want to pass to my daughter why would I want her to think her importance on a priority list is you know way Mm. down the bottom Mm. um that's not that's not a lesson I want to teach so then it became Mm. a it became a focus to say, okay, well, no, I am taking that time. I am taking that 10 minutes. I am taking that half an hour. And I'm not going to feel incredibly guilty about it every single time I do it. Yeah. You know, I'm allowed yep. to have a shower in peace. Like, I'm allowed <laughs> yes. to do that. Like, yes, you are. It's so silly to me now, but I was I felt so guilty just to jump in the shower because I knew she would be crying. Mm. But I need a shower. I mean, yeah. mm. it's basic human need. Yes. And I'm depriving yes. myself of that. It's it's just horrible when I think back and just mm. the conditioning around it all. Mm. My mum was the same as yours, you know, same thing. Mm. It was mm. she had very limited hobbies. I don't even really yep. know what they were now. Now she's retired and kind of a bit lost of, like, what am I doing with myself? Yeah, mm. right. Yeah. I'm sort of encouraging her now at the mm. in her 60s, like, mum, you know, I'm writing this book. Um mm. It's all yeah. about like it could really benefit, mm. you know, mm. I, because I do. I, I love her and I want her to see that side. Yeah. And I think she does. I think she does and she's slowly undoing stories of her own, Mm. essentially. Mm. But in in her 60s, you know, I don't Mm. want to be in my 60s. No, before you start living. That's right. But that is so that's that's a really good point too. It's like it's it's not just for mums who are mothering, actively mothering roles now. It's for anyone who's been a mum. We're yep. still a mum. You know what I mean? It's like that generation. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. That's such a good point. Mm-hmm. Oh, it man. seems like they like you get might get to a certain point and they sort of release. I know like my mm. sister and I were in our um, probably early twenties, or late teens, early twenties, and it's just it it was like all of a sudden, right? 
it's my time. And, you know, yeah. she was, you know, hanging out with friends a lot more and going out and doing all of these things. And But then, you know, reflecting on that, that obviously that, that hurts my heart that she probably to wanted to, to be doing those things, yeah. you know, the whole time. And then for all of the reasons that we've talked about, she she didn't. And, you know, like it's, I don't want, yeah. I didn't want that for her. Yes. Um, and I've said yes. to her so many times, you deserved more than that. Mm. You deserved to be able to do what brought you joy. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't really know how she feels about hearing that from, you know, like a daughter. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, what do you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, like it's she, <laughs> we all deserve, we all deserve it. Yeah, that is that is so true. You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. Mary, do you mind if I ask, um, you talked about sort of un- unravelling that or changing that story for yourself about just needing to be mum and putting yourself further down the list. When you, And you talked about it changing, but was there a sort of a moment or something that triggered you to start to see that in yourself? Oh, you know what? Um, I've been asked this a few times and kind of when I reflect I realised it wasn't one big moment in time. It was that accumulation of, well, the fact that my nervous system was rattling constantly and with every cry, with every scream, with every, you know, it would just, I felt incredibly triggered. And so I have spoken about this in podcasts before, but I experienced like intense anger and rage. I'm sorry, Baba. Come on, honey. Um. And I didn't know where that rage was coming from. I mean, I'd always been like a passionate sort of person, um, fiery, I guess. It's like the Greek blood in me. You can't get rid of that. Like we have yeah, there's a bit of warmth and passion when we do things. But yeah. I had a temper, I would say, but not the, not the level of rage that sort of was coming out of me. Like it was explosive. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, what, what is going on? I'd never experienced it that way before. And then obviously the guilt and the shame pops in because you're like, I, I'm feeling this way towards the situation of being a mum. This is the one mm-hmm. thing I wanted and I'm not even appreciating it. It's that cycle, right, that inner talk, that inner, you know, that little person just sitting there talking to me in the back of my mind is horrible, would say horrible mm-hmm. things, but it was me doing it to myself, which is mm-hmm. the saddest part for me now. So I don't think it was one big moment. It was more just recognising, like, where is this coming from? Why am I having these feelings? I need to pull in some support here or I need to be looking at things differently. And then it's just a very slow, it's just a very slow one day, one hour at a time process. You know, I see Sophie Brock. Oh, she's starting a membership. This could be interesting. And that, that really was a big catalyst, listening Mm -hmm. to podcasts, hear the word matrescence. Oh, what is that word? I've not heard of this before, you know? And then, yeah, it was just that. It was just those small incremental moments that sort of were building and building until I just kind of went, no, I, this is not my reality now. I'm not accepting this as my motherhood experience and no, I'm not doing it this way anymore. And then yeah. just clawing, yeah, clawing it back. And I say clawing because, like, 
it is a fight. You're fighting mm. against, like you're fighting against not only yourself and that inner chatter, but like we talked about before, you're fighting against a society that is actively pushing against you. And mm. like it, it feels incredibly hard. And I guess, again, this is why the picture book is just a beautiful culmination of this for me because it is fun still. Like, yes, yes our book is for mums, but the kids are going to enjoy it as well. It's playful. And I think Jessie and I really exude that. Like, we enjoy that. Like, we have fun. When I met her in person, it was like I'd known her my whole life. We were just <laughs> mucking around, just talking, laughing. Like, it was it was yeah. easy and easeful. Yeah. And, yeah, but it's that that like the mom who found her sparkle couldn't have come in 2020 <laughs> yeah. like it wasn't ready yeah. to be here in no. 2020 yeah. we was we were doing our own thing like we were battling our own stuff we were yeah. on that journey we knew each other but not as well then mm-hmm. but we were kind of like mm. unraveling our stuff to eventually kind of join together in yeah. in this book yeah. um but yeah it was not something that could have come earlier uh so yeah it's it's just you just don't get told this before you can become a mum, like how much you have to fight against things that yeah. feel sometimes very much like they're set up to just make you fail, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You just don't know this. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I always think about how we could have done things differently, but when it's your first kid and it's what you're around and what you hear, I wasn't mm-hmm. around Dr. Sophie Brock then. I didn't even mm-hmm. know she existed. I didn't yeah. know people like Jesse existed. I didn't know this podcast would have been a thing. Like you yeah. don't know any of this stuff until mm-hmm. you're right in it. And mm-hmm. I have conversations about this a lot. Like how could we, you know, prevention over cure essentially, like mm-hmm. how could we get in earlier? And some people are adamant that, no, you just have to be in it to understand but for me the teacher side of me is like no we can be doing better for new mums because then they're not actively seeking out information at the most vulnerable time in their life they're not scrubbing together this web this support network when they're just sleep deprived and at like a really low point in their life like we shouldn't have to be waiting for that yeah but I don't know I don't know then what the answer is I guess Spark was our little way of doing that. Just like mm-hmm. this podcast is your little way of doing it. It's all part of yep. the bigger puzzle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what mm-hmm. I tell myself. Like, cause you feel like you want to get out there and shake the, the yeah. chains, like just do something and change everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's not going to happen. So it's like little bits, little bits all joined together to make hopefully the big change. Um, that's, that's, that's right. We can only make change at the table we're at. That's oh, I like that. That's a nice one. Oh. Yeah. Well, I can't take credit, Amy. Well, <laughs> Abby Wombok. Is it Abby Wombok? Um, Lennon Doyle's partner said mm. she did a beautiful big post. Um, it might have been six, eight months ago, and it was just essentially about making change at the table that you're at. So, um, yeah. You have to remember that one. That's really good. It was, it was an incredibly powerful article, yeah. and it's obviously it's stuck it's in stuck. my mind yes. because you do, you want to just you want to shake the chains but it's like but that can feel so overwhelming so how can I you know take a step back from that and what can I do what can Mm. I do to to make those changes make those incremental changes yeah I think that's the journey all mums go on isn't it Mm. we kind of like get to that point of yes we know there needs to be that big structural change once Mm -hmm. you see it you cannot unsee it right (laughs) but then you go but I am one person who is at this intense period of my life, like Jesse was talking about before, and I don't have the capacity to to pull down everything 
and start yeah. it from scratch. Like I cannot <laughs> do that. But maybe if I choose to uh, go out with my feet on the grass instead of doing those dishes today, mm. I'm taking a little bit back. You know, mm. maybe if when hubby gets home, I feel confident enough to say, hey, I just need half an hour in the room. I'll be back out and ready to go. I just need that time to regroup after a whole day. Mm. Um, perfect. You take it back a little bit, you know. It's like taking, mm. just taking those little pieces back and that's what I said before. It's clawing it back. Mm. It feels yeah. like that's what you have to do. Mm. Um, and, and, again, it, I don't agree with this is how it is, but it's, it's the reality of it. So just yeah. take those little pockets of time for yourself, you know. Like, because you do matter. We talk, but we, we are human beings. I mean, I used to teach this to my kids. You're yeah. a human being. You're a beautiful person. We respect each other in this room because we are all human beings and that's why. There's no other reason but that because we're human beings mm-hmm. all living on this earth and we can respect each other. And I like, mm-hmm. I used to teach it and then I become a mm-hmm. mom and I show myself mm-hmm. zero respect, zero mm-hmm. self-compassion, zero care. Like, it no. It just mm. it doesn't yeah. work. Again, it's not a sustainable model. It, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. because it's like I was not using it um, to my advantage prior to becoming a mum. I was just mm-hmm. consuming the content, oh, yeah, you know. And obviously what do you see of mums? These perfectly colour-coordinated photos, everything put together, yeah. no mess, you know, all of that. And then when I started using social media differently, you meet a Jesse, you go, oh, hang on a sec. You start building this web and you realise, okay, if, if mothers can use it in this way, perfect, really like a great tool in the toolbox. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I think, and that's what we talked about before, before you become a mum, you're not, you're not looking for these words. You're not looking for yeah. these things because what do we get told? Have the beautiful nursery, get the beautiful mm-hmm. pot, decorate the room. Oh, what, you know, what beautiful prints do you have on the wall? Mm-hmm. My daughter never went into the cot. I ended up giving mm-hmm. it to my friend who had just had a third baby. And yep. I said, take it. I hope, I hope it gets used somewhere else. <laughs> so yep. I'm glad. I'm happy to pass that on because we didn't use it. It became yep. just a piece of decoration in my room. And <laughs> this is a very real reality for a lot of people. Not to say like some kids will go in the cop. That's fine. Mine just never did. Yep. And, yeah, there's so many shoulds being thrown at me, like what I should be doing. Oh, I must be a bad mum because my daughter cries a lot. My mm. daughter is very vocal. I must be a bad mum because she's not sleeping well. I must be a bad mum and that's why she's doing these things. Mm. And it took me so long to flip that around and go, no, it's got nothing to do with me. She is who she is and I am just doing the best I can with the support that I have at the time, with the information I have. I'm just doing my best. And, mm. yeah. I mean, we know this as well. Your kids get sent to you for a very real reason. Like I do believe this and I really love that you spoke about having that big gap because my daughter's three so obviously, you know, people are like, what are you having your next? And for me, I sometimes find it really hard to get my head around it because I'm going to be thrown back in that. Mm. Am I going to be able to cope? 
Like I know I have a better support network now. I know I've resourced myself better, but I know. Yeah. I know what it can be like. Yeah, that's like it, I'm not oblivious it? to it anymore. I yeah. know. And, I, you know, I consider all of these things. Mm. Um, yeah, so I find that tricky. So I, I love that you talked about a gap because that is something I'm seriously thinking about. Like, am I supposed to have a bigger gap? Mm. Where do I sit with that? Yeah. Um, and very much just trying to get rid of the whole what you should be doing because there are no rules here. Like yeah. there are no rules that we have to follow. It can look different for every person. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and that that was something that I, like between having my kids, obviously seven years had gone past. I was a lot older. I'd experienced a lot more life, but I did start working in childcare in, in that time. And that was for me the biggest thing that I learned that every baby's different and it really doesn't matter what you do. Um, like, you know, parents would have instructions of, you know, feed them to sleep with a bottle, put them in the awake with the dummy, wrap them, don't wrap them, put them on their side, put them on their belly, like the nurse, like cuddle them, make sure they're asleep before you put them in, all this sort of stuff. And I, I just opened my eyes to like, they're really, there's no right or wrong. Because that was in my head at that point, like I'm quite a black and white kind of person, like very, and like, I don't know, a structure, routine, I like predictability. And so having a baby was like the opposite of all of that, you know. <laughs> and I talked myself into that I was going to have this baby that was going to be on this schedule and whatever. And it, it no. And now, now that I know this child, I've known him, you know, for 15 years, he was never going to be on the schedule. Like that kid does not do it. So I had this book that I'd written in when I, when we were sort of thinking about having another one, like all the things that I would do different. And it was like, don't be hard on yourself. Don't be hard on mm. your baby, you know, like sit and cuddle them for ages. Like in the books that mm. said, no, you can't cuddle them after so many weeks, they get used to it. And then they'll want you all the time. <sighs> and it was so like, ridiculous. Oh isn't my it? God. Like, and I read, I, I think back on those times and I think my, God, like the, I don't know if there's been long-term damage done to our relationship because of it, you know, we'll never know this stuff. Um, but you think, God, being told not to hold your child in case they might want you. It's like, that's life. People want each yeah. other. You know, we want connection. We want, we want people. And yeah, so I had this massive long list of things that I would do. And it wasn't necessarily all this practical stuff. It was how I would be kinder to myself and the expectations that mm -hmm. I wouldn't put on myself, like breastfeeding. I had to breastfeed my first child. And I went through hell because I had this idea yeah. in my head that you had to breastfeed your child exclusively, um, mm -hmm. a society thing, you know. And I remember times of just mm -hmm. being in tears because he wouldn't latch properly. And my husband's like, oh, do you think I should go get some formula? And I was like, no, don't you dare get formula. I can do this, you know. And I was sending myself insane. And the best thing that ever happened to me was that, when my baby second baby was born, he was really tiny, really underweight, and he was in one of those little hot box things. I don't know what the mm. correct term is. In the incubator the humidity box. crib doesn't yeah, matter. Humidity. We know there what you, you mean. That sounds better. Hot box um, is great though. I love yes. that. That's, that's still what we were calling it's it. Still correct. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, but you know, they gave him formula to keep him alive till my milk came in, and it was mm. like. It was out of my hands, which was wonderful. You know, it was just taken away from me that I had to put this pressure on myself. Um, and I noticed actually, Jesse, if you, you want to talk about it or not, I'm not sure because I haven't asked you yet. Um, but in that quote that I read, there was the next bit about doing it differently the second time. Um, mm. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I, um, as I sort of said earlier, I, I, my mental health was atrocious after um, Finley was born. 
And I remember um, sort of sitting in my GP's office and she was wonderful. She was so wonderful. I was sitting there with a coffee, with a Macca's coffee, and my mum was sitting next to me holding Finley for me. And this beautiful GP was going through the questions, you know, checking in on my mental health. Mm -hmm. And before I could really say much, my mum, because we were living with her at the time, because we were renovating to sell, so my partner and I became parents under her roof. Yep. Um, we brought Finley home from the hospital there. Like he he grew up the first two and a half years of his life there. And, yeah, sort of before I could answer much, my mum, you know, really reassuringly said, oh, no, no, yeah, but Jess is fine. You know, there's there's not a great deal of, you know, pressure on her. I'm doing X, Y, Z. So obviously at that point I was just like, yeah, I'm fine. Mm. but I wasn't fine um I you know I'd had a very traumatic birth and I think because of that I I had this fierce love for this little boy my little world changer um his name is Scottish and it means fair warrior and I think the way he entered the world definitely definitely reinforced that that was the correct name for him Mm -hmm. um I had this fierce love for him, this protect, this protective mama bear, but I was really struggling to enjoy the day to day of, you know, the changing bums and things like, and I, you know, I could follow a, a structure, but just sort of feeling, you know, fulfilled, it just wasn't sort of there for me at first. Mm-hmm. And I, I was very, very disconnected, very, very disconnected. And like I said, I was very, very mentally unwell. And it wasn't, um, you know, as I said earlier, it wasn't until I started to actually focus on my needs again. I remember the particular moment I, I was about, Finley was maybe eight months old. And I said to my mum, can I go to a cafe? And so she had him and I went to this cafe I sat down with my laptop. I called ahead of time. I was like, can I book a table with a PowerPoint? Because I had a, my Veo is about 20 years old. So she has to, I've got a new one now. It's a new new laptop now. Yeah. But um, yeah, my Veo, I could not use it without being plugged in. So I had to, I called ahead of time. Can I please have a table? Anyway, so booked me in, had my name. I was, I sat there and I just wrote. I wrote and wrote and wrote for about two hours. And when I got back in the car, just how just you know sparkly I felt I was absolutely on top of the world that I'd Mm. got to sit and do something that I really enjoyed and it was I think I I reviewed a Jay Shetty podcast and it was just you know trying to um, reflect on how it was relevant for my life and and then just wrote a few other bits and pieces and it just was just absolutely phenomenal but I think as well, I did, you know, I did want to sort of come across as someone who had it all together as well. You know, I did it I very much because my mental health isolated myself from friends and extended family. I re- we really didn't get out of the house very much at all. So, yeah, fast forward that few years when I'd really started to get to know more about who I was as a mom and what brought me joy. That was when, yeah, leading into Esther, I really decided, I really knew I needed to make sure that I had that creative practice um, integrated and that I had spoken to people around me about what that could look like. Mm -hmm. Just to, 
yeah, to really contribute to making sure I stayed mentally well, you know, regardless of what the birth was, like that I was, you know, very sort of maintained that that wellness afterwards. And I mean, Esther's birth was awesome. It was, I felt incredibly powerful, like after her birth. And I can't downplay how much of that additionally contributed to my mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just not even remotely the same as the first one. But I think another really important thing was that Mitch and I, so we were all, we were living in our new house that he actually built, which was wonderful. So our kids get to say, Daddy built this house. So that's so lovely. Um, But we we let go of the things. So, you know, washing would pile up, but hey, they were clean. It was fine. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they didn't need to go away. Maybe the dishwasher didn't go on. Um, you know, toys stayed out. Mm-hmm. I let go of what we were talking before about, you know, perfectly curated Instagram feeds. I let go <laughs> of that. <laughs> I was like, that's not me. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um because we sort of stayed in our bubble a little bit, but we most definitely, we had meals already in the freezer ready to go. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd made sure that Finley was still out of, go out doing fun things with family a few days a week. Mm -hmm. So I just had that time with Esther and yeah. So I, I've, I really intentionally looked at what state, what kept me mentally well and then incorporated that as best I could. But Mm. it didn't mean that I didn't have um, down moments and down days. And that's what I made sure I shared as well on on my Instagram because I didn't want it to be this highlight reel of, Mm. yes, I'm fine all the time. I I wanted it to be a much more, um, you know, vulnerable and real, um, I guess, just just more real of that experience mm. that yes we will we will have some incredible moments but there will also be some challenging challenging points as well mm. so yeah I think those are probably the key things I did differently but we talk about laughter and being silly and I, that is something that it's it's incredibly important to me to incorporate fun um into you know anything that that I do and going back to Dr Sophie Brock remember what I did um what sort of led me to her is that a friend just before her membership she had a course and I think it was for Liberate and part of yes and part of Liberate was you had to write your motherhood manifesto Mm -hmm. and for me the top thing I wrote and I still have it was around integrating fun and silliness into my day and my parenting. Yeah. So yeah, that was that's been something I guess leading into it I wouldn't have thought about. But as Mary said, you know, these little things that continue to happen and snowball. Mm. Um yeah, so I guess that's in a snapshot, you know, in a really brief way, things I might I did a bit differently. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. And I love that 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 fun because I feel like you can get bogged down so much in the day-to-day and the grind and you can actually forget, you know, to be lighthearted and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And, and and I think that also helps your relationship too with your partner if you can actually, I don't know, then you're not as grumpy, I suppose, and you can have that 
you know, that fun that you would have had before you had the kids, I guess. You're reminded of that. <laughs> yeah, well, we actually, the other week, my mom had them, both of ours, for the full day, a full day, yeah. which had not happened outside of, you know, having to work. And I said to Mitch, oh, we can, like, look at each other <laughs> and, like, talk to each other. And it was, <laughs> so, it was so funny. We watched movies. We went and had lunch and wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we came back and watched more movies. That is awesome. So, yeah, so it was just, it was wonderful because, I mean, we can sometimes forget in the busyness and, you know, the depletion sometimes of it to to nurture those relationships. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've done it many times, so it was lovely to just go, oh, yes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's easy to take each other for granted, that's for sure. Yeah. to something you, you've said a couple of times and I, I've got to jump on it now about mum guilt. Um, how do you feel about it now after, you know, you shared your experience about not feeling like you could have a shower and that sort of stuff? What What are your thoughts on it in these days? Oh, entirely, entirely different. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I still feel it occasionally sometimes. Uh, I think it's inevitable that we'll feel it to an to some extent, just the same way I believe dads would feel guilty about something as well or just the normal sort of human experience of feeling guilt. But mm-hmm. in terms of actually being a mum and taking that time for myself, um, no. So I guess it's twofold. I've undone a lot of that conditioning around um, what I'm allowed to do or whatever, uh, you know, and what would yeah. make me feel good. And I've also communicated to hubby very explicitly, and I mean like very explicitly, <laughs> old Mary would have been that person that sort of didn't communicate it properly and then kind of let it fester in the background and then went <laughs> quiet or eventually flew off the handle and he would have no idea what I was upset about or what was going on. Yeah. And so I guess the teaching skills come in of like very explicit and direct of when you come home sometimes and I am fed up and I've had a day, I just, I'm going to take half an hour yeah. and I don't, I don't want to feel guilty about it. I don't want to feel bad about it. I just need you to take her and just do what you need to do. And I will reappear when I feel like I will reappear when I'm more than ready. Yeah. And yeah, no, I don't feel guilty about that at all. Um, because I'm with my daughter still sort of 24 seven, she's not in any type of care. Again, as you can hear, she's back again with her animals and just wanting to make an appearance in our podcast. Because I am with her all the time. Uh, I think it goes back to, yeah, those little moments that I can get and finding, um, like, finding things we both enjoy doing, right? Like I love going up to the lookout around my area just because, I don't know, it's peaceful and I enjoy it. And she loves it. She just kind of flutters around, looks at the birds and does things. So I make it a priority to go, yeah, well, we can go up to the lookout and we can spend time together there. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't need to feel guilty about like, no, everybody's getting their needs met, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot about how we can create win-win situations as well. It's not always going to be the case, of course. I go to many a library dance class and art class and playing groups and all those (laughs) wonderful gymnastics today actually but I kind of make it a priority to go yeah I can talk to mums there and I can still make it an enjoyable experience for me as well Mm. so yeah no I don't I don't feel as guilty I say no a lot more yeah Um, right my family lives in Sydney, so sometimes hubby will want to go see in-laws. I'm like, yeah, I'm actually not going to come today. You, you take her, though. You take her yeah. and you go and have a great time and I don't have to feel bad about that. Yeah. I don't need to be everywhere all the time because my rest matters. Yeah. I explained it to a friend the other day as um, I know what it feels like to have a rattling nervous system constantly, so when it's rattling. And once you recognise how to calm that and feel at peace, you can't you can't go back. I accept mm. nothing less, essentially. So the guilt kind of dissolved with that yeah. over time. Yeah. Essentially kind of dissolved, I think, on its own. Um because I realized I was a better mum, a better wife, a better person mm. when I was taking care of those things. Yeah. And so why should I feel guilty about that? Ow! That's a that's a positive thing. No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can see that you, here. Sorry, just no. It's fun. It's wonderful. So funny. I, I love it. No, I know. Look, trying to do a podcast with a three-year-old would have brought me incredible, like anxiety a yeah. year ago. But now no. I kind of just we roll with the punches here. Yeah, yeah, that's and it, you are it? such my role model, Mary. With that, I mean, it, so many times with us working together, um, because uh, I guess I've you know you've got that still within me, and it's dissolving, but you know, that that sort of people-pleasing, that, you know, validation, like, and wanting mm. to move things quickly. Yeah. Mary has been so wonderful at just helping me take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, not move faster than we need to. And just, you know what, it's fine. That doesn't need to be done today. And so even though, you know, I understand some of that, you know, the theory, I understand it theoretically, yeah. about you know how to calm our nervous system and and I'm relatively okay with it I still sometimes need that prompt of mm-hmm. hey how about we just take a breath and yeah. <laughs> let's just push <laughs> this back yeah oh. but I will say on the flip side Jesse goes fast and I go slower as in not fast in a bad way but we yeah. probably we meet beautifully in the middle so I yeah. actually need her to give me a bit of a kick sometimes <laughs> it's, it's been <laughs> it's been a perfectly um it's been very complimentary hasn't it because yeah Mary will be like oh but look how about we consider xyz and that's been a very crucial element to you know maybe the story or what we're doing mm-hmm. but if I'd wanted to speed on past that it wouldn't have been addressed in a way um, that gave it the most kind of meaning and, and impact. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, we we've needed each other. And, I mean, there's been some times too when, you know, we've wanted to consider something and I've said, oh, no, no, ex- you know, let's go, and then we have. But yeah. we've needed 
both to mm -hmm. to be able to bring this project to you to where it is so yeah we perfectly mm -hmm. complement each that other sounds, it's really it sounds amazing isn't it funny how people yeah. you just meet people in your life like that like just the randomness yeah. of everything that's had to happen to get you to yeah. the point where you're at it's just I love stuff like that yes <laughs> it's just so absolutely good. it is oh. and I mean yeah within like straight away Mary and Mitch were just you know giggling with each other and because he's yeah. very cheeky and Mary is totally on board that train so you know like they were bouncing off each other and, yeah. and our kids were playing wonderfully but because we have similar similar parenting values like mm -hmm. we could perfectly support them in whatever they were feeling in any moment yeah. so it was it was easy for that reason as mm. well which is sometimes half battle with yeah that's with that is so friends. true Your parenting <laughs> styles are a bit, bit yeah. conflicting it can be a bit tricky it can and again you know like everyone's doing the best they can so yeah absolutely. I absolutely acknowledge that but it was yeah, yeah so it was very easeful but it, yes it was a random series of events mm. yeah no oh, love it I just love it Where are you at? What point are you at with the book at the moment? Oh, do you want to talk about that, Mary? Uh, yeah, I'm being doctor at the same time because I'm oh. a multitasking mum. <laughs> I'm a vet. I'm helping some animals here whilst oh, I lovely. do this interview. Yes, I Good can do you. it all. Um, yeah, so basically we have our illustrator over in the US who is very hard on working on our storyboard. We've sort of finalised that essentially and she's got sketches. So it's so interesting getting sent the updates. Mm -hmm. And you realise, oh, she's done a few more pages and the words that we've said and the description we've given her is actually coming to life now, you know. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's real. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're still hoping for an end of June release and I think we're on track with that but also open to the fact if, you know, if it pushes out to July, we're okay with that as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's just a lot of back and forth with the illustrator now. So mm -hmm. the thing is... I sometimes feel sorry for our illustrator because she's incredibly patient and we, <laughs> we throw a lot at her. We really yeah. do. Um, traditionally, you know, if you were to, because we're self-publishing, if you were to actually get it published, you would send a manuscript. Mm -hmm. They would essentially choose an illustrator. Your book would appear illustrated. Mm -hmm. But yeah. we have very big ideas of what could be on each page. We just can't actually bring it to life ourselves. So yeah. trying to get her to kind of understand that has been like a journey and you know it's hard when you've got something in your head and you're trying to mm -hmm. really explain mm -hmm. it but she's yeah. she's doing beautifully with that so we're yeah. um yeah I think I feel like we're on track she's kind of really mm -hmm. pushing along now yeah um we're just sort of thinking about what the front cover should be we're going back and forth but that's starting to make more sense and then mm. yeah we have we had run our kickstarter campaign back in November to December of last year mm -hmm. and raised well, we raised eight thousand dollars for our book to be published. So very interesting. Yeah. So we kind of ran this thinking, oh yeah, we'll get some support. Like we know we've got some people out there that yeah. want to see this book come to life. Yeah. But then we got an incredible amount of support and yeah. managed to fund it through that. So 
yeah, there's people with some pre-orders and things like that. And we just keep sort of slowly pushing the message. But Jesse does work as well. I've got Missy. We're, we do it in the pockets of time. Yeah. yeah. Like we could be doing more maybe. But I don't know. We're just sort of doing it at our own pace, you know. Yes. Yeah. And it's all sort of making sense, like Jesse said. Like if we had persevered and tried to get this book out, like already or even last mm-hmm. year or something, mm-hmm. I just, it might not have had the depth and yeah. The layers to it as it has. And yeah, so we're just we're just sort of doing our thing and I'm I'm excited to hold it in my hands. There's still yeah, a big yes. part of me that thinks <laughs> yeah. this is not real. <laughs> no, it's real, it's real and it's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's really I know. Happening. I see the storyboard and I think, yeah, that's us. Like this isn't yeah. somebody else's book. We we are doing yeah, this. We do. But I just I need to hold it first. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but there's been so many beautiful moments too, because Mary and I have spoken so much. It's we will be so excited to hold it, but we have had so much fun doing basically every step of the process, you know, from coming yeah. up with the manuscript to starting to share online to Sparkletober to putting together a Kickstarter, which is a feat in itself, and then to having that actually be successful. I think we were, we'll be one or two days out from the deadline and we were basically refreshed. You know, I was at home for the day doing, you know, parenting, but yeah. I was like refreshing it. And this donation come in that was the exact amount we needed to kick it over. And yeah. I was like, oh. grab the phone, call Mary. And she said she's looking at it going, oh, he must have funded the Anyway, it was just, it was, yeah. Oh, that, no, that in itself. I mean, you got to celebrate, don't you? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I love that you guys, you're not, you're not pushing it. Like it's a thing that happens as a, you know, what's the word in conjunction with your life like it fits yeah. into your life um yeah. so then hopefully it doesn't cause you know extra stress or you know because yeah. we've, we've all got that already so you know it's just That's something right. it's enjoyable and and you know yeah keep saying you know to... I've got to cut that out but oh no I say um all the time don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a thing that that you guys can experience and enjoy and look back on that the process was enjoyable you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. for me, it's always, it's very important. I have to, it's not just the outcome that mm-hmm. I need to be, you know, in love with. It's the process of getting to that outcome. The The act in itself has to bring me joy for it really to be, to be worth it um, mm-hmm. at the other end. So, yeah, because I guess, you know, for me, it's, you know, being able to access our creativity, you know, it is, it's a stress relief and, but, so I think though too, it doesn't always owe us anything. You know, in this moment, it's bringing me joy. It doesn't necessarily have to have that tangible, tangible outcome. Um, mm. I don't. It's so interesting to think how many hours we would have spent on it, and I would do it again. I would yeah. do it again. Yeah. My husband actually said that yesterday. He goes, "How many hours do you think you've spent?" I said, "Well, I don't know. I mean, I was doing it with a with a." toddler tucked under my mm. arm at you know I'm a night owl Jesse's an early riser so I would be sending stuff in the Canva document she'd get it at 5 a.m and reply and then sort of that's yeah. how we worked it yeah. but yeah he asked that and he and he made this joke once of oh you know you're going to be famous with this book I said that is my intention yeah. oh, sorry guys I have no intention of being I don't want to be famous in fact if I just have one mum that reads it and goes that's right you feel a little bit better and it reminded me but, you know, I do matter now. Like, I do matter. And I can talk into my sparkle and I can prioritize that. Like, I'm winning. You know, yeah, that's yeah. not. 
And it's, that's I know it sounds so cliche to say it that way, but that genuinely is how we're thinking about it. Like yeah. we're not mm. trying to get anything from it. It's not, it's just, it's just our expression mm. wrapped up in a picture book yeah. for others to enjoy. And that's it. It's that simple. Our legacy, like for me to hand, Finley doesn't really care now too much, but one day I'm sure both of them (laughs) will know more. And I mean, for me to just be able to, you know, give that to my children, what legacy, you know? And so exactly what Mary said, you know, for just even if one mum reads it and resonates with it and maybe feels empowered to make some changes in her life or ask for what she wants or Mm. needs. Um, And then for our children to go, Mummy made this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, they will know us. See, coming back to what I was saying before, my children will know me. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so exciting. Good on you, girls. I'm really excited for you. So where's the best place for people to follow along? And um, you mentioned about pre-orders. Are you, can people pre-order or is that was that just on the Kickstarter? They will. Mm-hmm. We've just got to sort that out. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, um, we're in the process of um, making sure that people can, can do that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But we are having the most fun over on our Instagram, aren't we, Mary, at the moment? <laughs> mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, so at, at the mum who found her sparkle. So it's just our joint one. Uh, we do things on our separate ones and often post to there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we pop up a lot sometimes, although we might disappear for a little while, then we pop up. Again, We this is how we're rolling with it. But, yeah, the yeah. mum who found yeah. a sparkle is where you'll find everything book-related essentially. Beautiful. Yeah. Excellent. I'll put a hyperlink in the show notes so people can click along and follow the journey. Oh, it's been so Thank lovely you. to have you both on today. Thank oh, you so much. Nice. And, Thanks for being uh, so really patient with me, yeah. muting and unmuting every no, second. It's, it's been wonderful. No, it's been great. And all the best with it. And I really hope it's, it's I don't know, that feeling when you do get it in your hands, it's like yep. this amazing moment for you both. I think, yeah, wonderful. And I'll definitely be getting a copy myself. So oh, I'm looking forward to, to adding it to my collection of books <laughs> that I've spoken to people on the podcast. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> You would have a wonderful collection of things based on all the beautiful conversations you've had. A lot of lovely books. I'm very, very fortunate, actually. This has been like a a sort of an off side of, like an unexpected side of of talking to lots of people is is I've I've just collected lots of amazing books. It's really awesome. How wonderful. (laughs) That sounds like a dream, actually. So, yes, I'll be looking forward to, to add your book to it and at some point in the very near future. Thanks again. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. The music you heard featured on today's episode was from Alemjo, which is my new age ambient music trio comprised of myself, my sister Emma Anderson and her husband John. If you'd like to hear more, you can find a link to us in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us by the link in the show notes. 
I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.